<clears throat> Hello. Hi. <laughs> Episode two for us here at Collective Hearts. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Harley. And this week we decided to focus on gaslighting and love bombing. And how it coincides with manipulation and how they all kind of go hand in hand. <clears throat> yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize um, them being gaslit and like those things, like a lot of people don't know what to look for or don't realize they're even in it. So we want to kind of help with that, Let, help you uh, see what you're, what to look for and go from there. Yep. And I know um, from my experience, I didn't even know what gaslighting was until, you know, probably about a year or two years ago. And I'm like, oh. Now I understand. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, my therapist is actually, and hey, no shame in my therapy game. <laughs> my therapist brought up gaslighting, I think, a lot. And um, I feel like the, the, the word itself has become more popular, if you will, like gaining traction is like being able to be noticed the last few years. So maybe that's why, but like they finally kind of put a term to it. <laughs> yes term to the um manipulation that's going on and you know it's um the aspects of what gaslighting really truly is is um really kind of I mean it's I shouldn't use the word phenomenal but it's strange how people can do that to certain people yeah and then you know and then the people that are targets are empathetics and it's like they know it and that's why they start out with love bombing and then they do the gaslighting Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, for those that don't know, uh, gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation, uh, in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion in their victim. So, you know, they try to make you kind of think you're the crazy person and you don't know what you're talking about and you're acting ridiculous and over dramatic and all those things. Like a form would be, you know, um, when they choose, when they pick a fight with you and they're like blaming you for everything and, you know, for something so small and minute, you're like trying to start to defend yourself. And then they're like, wait, you're acting crazy. Like, I don't even know why you're yelling at me about that. Like, I, and you're like, you just started this whole fight with me about this. And I'm trying to tell you that that's not what happened. And they're like, they, they make you second guess yourself. You're like, yeah. Did that really happen? Am I am I really crazy? <laughs> they make like they twist the story. Like they don't they like change how you or they want you to think the way you viewed it is wrong. Like you went yeah. through it, you seen it, you felt it, and when you talk about it, they're like, "That's not what happened," <laughs> you know. And they're so persistent and so adamant and so good at saying like, "No." Nope that's not what happened and then they give you a whole different version but it's a version of all the mistakes you made and how you were acting yes and it's then you're changing the blame yes and then when you are in the middle of that you're like okay yeah I I did I mean I did yell at you and I was upset with you and I was crying but you lose sight of why you were being that way. And it was because of the actions that they were portraying on you. Yeah. 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 And then it's like, if you catch thing, 
catch them in like a lie Mm -hmm. like switch it around and they're like I didn't do that or like they won't admit that they lied they'll just change the subject won't listen to what you have to say or how you feel like they just kind of it's a pass the blame game kind of you know yeah and then even if you have proof and you show them the proof they'll like it's it's amazing how the abuser can manipulate you into thinking like, nope, even though you have the proof at hand, they're like, that's not, that's not what happened. Yes. Yes. And then they'll like try to, I don't know. They'll like try to be all lobby to counter counteract it. You know what I mean? Like after it's over with like over overbearingly, like lobby all of a sudden just to try to, pretend like it didn't happen or that you know that's the love bombing side of it you know that's why they coincide together they they you know they belittle you they make you feel self-worth you know selfless or what's the word I'm looking for low self-esteem they make you feel really poor about yourself and then yeah yeah then like you said they hit you with all this love and attention it's everything that you want and you're like yes this is you know how I can portray this relationship to be like oh they're so good to me and that's exactly what they want is to reel you back in and then hit you again with another episode of gaslight and yeah and sometimes it's like you know the or they'll like apologize kind of and Mm then um things will be good for a little bit and you're like oh well maybe like things are better maybe he's getting better or she and um yeah then it's like they hit you again and you're like he's they said this wasn't going to happen again they promised like they swore (laughs) and then we're back like it's a it's a vicious cycle yes so like some of the effects of gaslighting that I have um encountered as I was writing these down and also um you know have found is is a you have a difficult time trusting yourself to do things um Mm -hmm. some examples of that were that I have experienced is is it got to the point where you know um my ex-husband would tell me oh you make the decision I want you to decide okay I I would make the decision on what we're gonna do and let's just say there's one hiccup in the middle of it next thing you know he it that was the worst idea I've ever had. You know, I I messed up so bad. I'm untrustworthy. I can't make decisions. You know, I'm a child. I'm not an adult. You know, all these things that are being said to you. So I, when I wrote this down, I was like, ah, I I felt that I still doubt myself at times from healing. I'm like, okay, I am an adult. I can make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, some other ones is developing a passive, um, passive styles of communication. You even as the victim become passive aggressive, you know, with things yeah. that are being said to you. And even by people who aren't abusing you, you even start to become passive aggressive with them because you're kind of in a fight or flight mode all the time. Cause you have that gaslighter. That's, that's kind of you- always, sur- you're just in survival mode all the time. Like, walking on eggshells you don't really know like when you feel like you should start respond a certain way like you're afraid to respond that way because of how it's going to be perceived or taken and like you I mean from my own experience like I've walked on eggshells or I've been like kind of him hauled around what I really truly wanted or my decisions and all that stuff just so I could kind of keep peace because I didn't want 
a instant trigger. Like they trigger so fast yes. that if I was doing something or if I said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing or raised my eyebrow wrong, it was just game over. Like yes. here comes a fight, you know, and um, just trying to avoid that. But then I feel like it's kind of transferred in my own, like my um, healthier relationships. Like I still worry and I still like second guess, like, should I say that? Should I do that? You know, because it's just right. a, a, a form of PTSD, if you will. Um, but just from having to deal with those kinds of things for so long that you kind of live like that on a little on edge until yes. you can do some healing, you know, I've gotten better, but I will say I definitely still overanalyze, like if I'm going to say something or do something or whichever. Yes constantly asking like are you sure are you sure that was okay like what I said was was fine right (laughs) and then even after I do it I'm like are you sure you're okay and then like apologizing like I apologize so much and it's it's so unnecessary (laughs) yes but I I guarantee you know we're not alone like so many people apologize and I, I I did read that was one of the things too I mean it was something I already knew but um just the the feeling like you can't do anything right um that definitely comes with the gaslighting thing so like you're always overthinking and overanalyzing like what you're doing yes. yep um feeling shame and low self-esteem which we said that's you know one of their main goals you is definitely lose confidence and they want you to like they want to yep. break you down because they don't want you to feel better than they feel about themselves like right. they want you to feel low so you don't leave them basically like in in, in the long run there um and then well then they give yourself you know if you're so if you're low on your self-worth then it's they easier to really want you. yes because then they know that you're thinking you're not even worthy of somebody better like this is what you get and this is what you deserve yeah when they don't at all like even if they're not happy they still don't want you to go find happy like they'll still want you to stay right where you're at and be able to have that control it's all control power like they 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 thrive off of that yes and most of the time the abusers have low self-esteem and so Mm -hmm. they want you to feel the same way because they know at the end of the day if you realize what was happening you would leave and you would find somebody better yeah yeah um, loss of identity. I feel like this one hits for, should hit for probably a lot of victims. I feel like it's very easy to lose yourself. You become this person that you're not, you don't, you, oh, absolutely. you know, you lose your sense of humor. You lose all these things. Cause like you said, you're walking on eggshells through most of the relationship. You can't even be who you want to be or express who you want to be because it could be a trigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you almost like become a shell of yourself. Yes. You're not really you like you're, you're like in there deep down, but like you've, you've buried so much of who you truly are to to appease this person. You're a perpetrator. I don't know what we're calling them, but the person that's making you feel these ways and the longer that you're involved with them, the lower you get and the more you hide yourself in the less you you have your own self-worth and identity for sure. Yes. And then you know, some people probably can't even go out and do their own things. Um, yeah. You know, they're 
loud to, and then they isolate you from the people yes. who make you stronger and, mm-hmm. you know, support you. They don't want that. They don't want you to have support. They, want they don't you want you around anybody that could um, recognize and, that you're being abused or, you know, anything yeah. like that. Um, and just the constant, I, you know, I always, I always got like, I, I couldn't go anywhere without like jealousy. Like, even if it was just family and friends, you know, like without it being a problem, like I could never really enjoy myself. And I know you've been in the same situation. Like you go to do something for yourself for the first time. And let's say probably the first time in a year, because let's be honest, like you and I both at one point didn't really do much or go anywhere. And it was very rare for us to get any time to ourselves. So when we did, it was like, like, my phone would be blowing up or when are you going to be home? When are you going to be at like all that? And yes. um, I've experienced it with you, you know, like your phone's yeah. blown up, like we were on vacation and your phone's constantly ringing and just over and, yeah. and, and brought you down because how dare you have a good time without that person, you know? Right. Even though they made that choice of not, you know, being there or they told you, Oh yeah, go ahead. Yes. Knew what they were doing and they but knew that we Right. Like they want to see if you're actually going to do it. They're like, yeah, it's fine. But then you go do it. And they're like, why would you do that? You told me it was fine, <laughs> but it's like a test to see, like, are you really going to do it? And if you do, then I'm going to make you feel crappy about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, developing a habit of blaming and shaming yourself, which I think is where a lot of the apologizing, you know, comes into play. Um, another one that I feel like isn't on here is, um, you almost come to a point where you start sticking up for the person too. Yes. I've done and that plenty of times. <laughs> you make excuses, you know, you let them, you, whoever the person is that is doing these things to you, you let them feed you a line of bullshit, basically, <laughs> pardon my language, but you let them feed you all this stuff of, um, why they're the way they are and and I'm not discrediting the things that any of these people have gone through because they have gone through horrible things but at the same time you don't treat supposedly people you love or care about or people who work for you or anything in these ways you know that people have been treated and we treated um another one is for boundaries you lose setting boundaries for yourself you don't have any Yes. Yeah. I, I've noticed a lot of people don't have boundaries. Um, and, and I don't know what they've been through, but um, I think setting boundaries is, it seems like everyone should have them, but a lot of times we don't ever set them for ourselves. Right. And I think people feel uncomfortable to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh no, I, I can't set that boundary because then that's, yeah. you know, being mean or malicious when really that's it that's not the case having healthy boundaries is totally normal and should be normal yes and I think people are afraid of failure too like they set a boundary but like if they don't follow through with it they feel like a failure because they didn't do it that time and it's okay like you can set boundaries and you know sometimes it doesn't always work out the way we want but like to strive to keep creating boundaries and to get better at sticking to those boundaries Right. When you're already in an abusive relationship, um, it's hard to start setting the boundaries. 
that is something that I learned personally, um, like the last, what, year and a half of my marriage. Um, I was seeing a therapist and she's like, you need to set boundaries. And oh boy, when did I set those boundaries? <laughs> it was like, I mean, I felt powerful <laughs> yes. and I felt great, but it was scary also at the same time because it, it really pisses off the person who is yeah. used to abusing you and doing these things to you. Yeah. They so, don't want you to feel powerful. No. They, like their mission is to take away your power, to take away your strength, to, to, to make you feel as small and insignificant and weak as possible. Because if you're weak, you won't leave. And even if they're not happy with you, they still um, thrive on needing someone there. And you're that person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's also, um, I kind of noted, um, gaslighting doesn't just happen in intimate relationships or, you know, partnerships or anything. Um, it does happen a lot in like our workplace and society, um, specifically like coworkers that shift the blame, you know, um, yeah. Question your own, the own, your own situation of what happened because they don't want to look bad. Um, avoid, they will avoid opening or owning up to a, a mistake or they'll take the credit for something they didn't do because they want to feel that, um, inflation of self-worth, if you will. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, they'll make you feel low, especially like, if you report any of the things they're doing, they make you feel crazy or, um, you know, like they'll just shift it. Like that you're just remembering it wrong. You misinterpreted what was said or done or all that stuff. And, um, that's their mission. I mean, they want to make you feel like you're losing your mind. Like you're the crazy one. You're the one that doesn't know what they're talking about and yada, yada, yada. And even I'm sure there's parents out there that even like their children, yeah. Yeah. And do. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we're going to kind of touch base with some, um, love bombing as well. Um, love bombing in relationships is often a trait of a form of abuse. And most of the time it's by a narcissist, which we're not going to touch base on that this episode. Cause there's a lot with narcissist, um, narcissistic behavior and, um, so that'd probably be what a full episode we're thinking next week or yes. in a couple of weeks. Um, yep. But it's one, one of the number one red flags um, is love bombing. If someone is like, when you first meet them and they're, you know, they, they'll do everything right. Yes. First. They want to know everything about you right away. Like, yes. And they'll get you to share. It's like they all, it's, it's tactic. I mean, they'll get you yes. to share all of your insecurities, all everything that makes you work. And then that, I mean, that's their goal. They want all that information. They yeah. want everything. Cause then later on down the road, they're going to use all of that again. Everything that you shared, every little secret, they now have they it. They need, like they need like constant validation. Like they want you to commit like right away. Be like I'm yeah. yours, you know, like they, they're like, you're mine. And this is this, like they're very possessive because they're like coding it with saying it's love, you know, right. <laughs> and a lot of people fall for it. Um, they'll say all the right things, kind of get you hooked. 
And then it's like, oh, well, this guy loves me. Like this is meant to be, or person, I shouldn't say guy, guy or girl person, um, will hook you and just make you feel like, oh my gosh, like this is the one that's my soulmate. Like this has got to be it. And yeah, like you said, like they want to know everything about you right away and they'll use it against you in the long run. Yes. Yeah. Cause you'll share things with them that, you know, you may not have shared with anybody else. And then when you have, they'll use it as their gaslighting techniques to tear you down, you know, they make you feel safe and then they're just, they rip it. They rip yeah. it apart. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, I mean, for um instance, I shared, I mean, years ago, I mean, it was like, I, I was like the perfect target, which I mean, I'm not saying that my ex-husband specifically chose me, but it just worked out that way. Uh, you know, teenagers, we want to just be loved. We want to find that that just loves you. And we're confused. We don't. We're in a vulnerable position too. Yes. Um, you know, and I shared with him the passing of my mom and everything. And it was like pretty much throughout our whole relationship that was held over my head. Time. It was like the perfect thing I threw in. That he knew yeah. that he used against me. You know, what, what am I going to do without him? I don't have anybody, you know, my mom's not alive and, you know, specific things that were being said. Yeah. That, you know, that, and I should have realized at the time that, you know, that was kind of love bombing. That was so much at once. Mm-hmm. But, and then they'll also be super jealous, but then they'll cover it up with yeah. like, well, I just care. Or I just this, or, you know, I love you so much. Like, I don't want to see you with anybody else. Like they use these terminologies and it's just another form of manipulation, love bombing, all that. But like, so early on, especially when you're with someone and this is a red flag. Like if they don't even want, like, if they get jealous of you, even with your friends or your family, like a huge red flag, like, no, (laughs) um, you should be able to spend time with the people you care about. Um, that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong, but the people no. you care about, like they try to keep you from those people so that they can infect you. I'm going to use that terminology. They can yeah. infect you with a little like love bombing poison because if you're not around those people, nobody can acknowledge it or you can't like reflect it off of them and be like, Hey, does this sound like weird? Or he does this, this, this. And like what we think is like, like, cause you know, rose colored gra- glasses, when you're like falling in love, it's hard to oh, really yeah. see the big picture. And if we're around people that will call us out, like they don't want that. They don't want someone else to acknowledge like their toxicity. Yes, that is exactly it. And then they'll, um, how they important is, is, you know, some examples is, is they'll call you in the middle of and be like, I need you to come help me or come take care of me, or I stop thinking about you and I, I just need you. And you know, at the mm-hmm. time, I go, Ooh, they need me, like, I feel important and special. That doesn't last yeah. because then there's yeah. a point where that's- I think we've both been in situations where, like, we're somewhere, we're having a good time, we'll get that text or that call of, like, hey, come home, like, I just miss you. This is this, and like you book it home and then it's like, it turns into an argument. Yeah. Like, oh, well you, you shouldn't even been there or, you know, you just get so many degradations for even being gone. You come home because you're like, I want to be with my person. And then they still find a way to make you feel guilty about it. Yes. Um, so some examples of 
love bombing is excessive compliments. They give you probably over the top. Yes. Um, yes. You know, they'll tell you, Oh, I I've never, um, you're the, you're the first guy or girl I've ever done this with. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> always the number one. And it reels you in. You're like, Oh, really? I, yes. <laughs> and we fall for it. And I it's mean, funny because I just have to laugh because it's true. Yeah. You know, I know you've experienced, yeah. I've experienced it. It's always mm-hmm. like, it, it's exactly what you want to hear. No one wants to hear that. Oh, I, I've done that before with somebody else. No, you want to get old. Right. No. Let me tell you all the things you want to hear, you know, and then um, you do fall for it. You're like, oh, finally, the perfect person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. I've definitely been told all those things. I think uh, everyone has at some point about how rare they are. Oh, oh, you do this better than that person. Or even if they don't bring up like a past person, like even just saying like, you're the best I've ever had, or you're the best, this is this, like they want you to feel good. And they, yeah. and, and I get it to an extent because like, like you said, nobody wants to be like, well, that person was better, but like, I'm with you, you know, like nobody's gonna, nobody's <laughs> gonna do that. <laughs> But also like overinflating it to make yeah. you special. Like they want you to feel special and you're the only one and all that stuff just to like get you even further. Yes. Um, spending too much time together too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a touchy one and it's hard to, um, when you finally move on to a healthy relationship, it's kind of hard when you think about that because you're like, are we spending too much time together too soon? Does that make sense? And, when you, and then when you fall for somebody healthy, you're like, am I spending too much time with them? Yes. So it, it's tricky when, um, when you're ch- with the red flag sometimes, because it's like. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to decipher sometimes. I think it comes down to if it's quality time together, like what kind of too much time are you spending together is it with is it out about is it with are you having fun constantly are you you know or are they isolating you at home and you're just spending too much time with them and one setting you know what I mean you're not taking them anywhere they're not meeting any of your people and things like flag like if they don't want to meet anybody or go around your friends or your family like suspicious (laughs) Yes. And, you know, they don't want to be found no. out. <laughs> and they'll tell you because they'll give you some excuse. Like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't like being around other people. I had, you know, which I'm not discrediting your yes. anxiety, but if they really love you and they care about you by all means, they're going to suck it up and they'll go do it. Yes. Like you're going to put yourself in an uncomfortable position to make your per- partner happy. Like that doesn't mean you have to be miserable, but like it's, um, what's the word compromising you know you each person like maybe I don't like their family but I'm gonna go because it's important to them you know so yeah so doing that and and finding that balance but like if they're like no way I'm not going I don't want to be around them like da 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 that's a big red flag myself I don't want to share you Yeah. yeah And there's a um, lot of co- cor- correlations to like um, 
gaslighting and like mental health issues because of all that gaslighting because of all the toxic things we've been through like we have a lot of you know I feel like people that have been through it even more than I mean I feel like maybe at some point everyone has maybe been through it to to a degree Um, but the people that have really been into it and sometimes um, because we don't know what we're looking for we get into the same exact type of relationship to follow like we repeat the pattern and um I feel like those people run a really high risk of like anxiety, depression. Um, people get suicidal thoughts because they feel so low, like they're dragged down, drug, drug down <laughs> so low from all the, just the beatings, not physically, but mentally, like right. no self-esteem, no confidence. Like you just, you don't feel good. Like no part of you feels good. You don't feel good about anything you do um, because of that person. And, um, I mean, I personally have definitely been in a really dark, scary place. Um, and I know I'm not the only one, you know, like we, I, I personally have gotten to a place where it was, I was so beaten down that I didn't really know what, if I wanted to keep, keep going, you know, and, uh, it's kind of hard to say, that's hard to say, but, um, it's definitely a real feeling of something I've gone through. And I know that uh, other people can relate to that. Yeah, I think that's true. And it, um, you know, another, the bad thing with um, the gaslighting and the manipulation and um, types of abuse and isolating you is, is when it happens, maybe you have all these great things in your life. At some point in time, you start to lose those things. And then, um, for somebody who, uh, I think one of the biggest things that I took away from everything was, um, my job was on the line for a while. Mm-hmm. Other, um, way to get you to get anybody is, is they try to take away the things that make you who you are. And that, and that sometimes that is your job. You know, they, like to strip you of that because once again your independence yeah and so like you said it forms depression anxiety it also creates havoc on you going to work your work environment your you know your daily relationships there's a lot that goes into it for the victim as well like you said it just it's a it's a whole ball of I'm trying to Mm -hmm. think of say <laughs> especially when you've got kids I mean like you you know you're you're before your current marriage you're a parent of four and uh it was kind of like you were a single parent even though you weren't single and to have to deal with your own emotions but have to still be present and in a good mood for your children like that's got to be hard I would say that um I'm a much better mom now. And I'm not saying I was a crappy mom then, but I was literally in survival mode and we were, I was where we were just getting by. I was unhappy. I yelled at them all the time. I didn't know how to have fun. I didn't know how to let the little things go because I knew that the little things would eventually turn into big things. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing, like, talk about is like the effect on the children too like we know our own feelings but like kids can't express their feelings to our degree like their minds aren't developed and I feel like they usually act out yeah um 
lot, you know, and you dealt with that, like not having structure, like they just, they'd be chaotic. They wouldn't listen to you. And I think a lot of people probably relate to that, that without that stability in your own adult life, like the kids will not thrive. Like they're going to be chaos. It's going to be chaos and they're not going to listen. They're not going to have respect. And it comes with watching the other parent disrespect their, their other parent, you know, like, and uh, it definitely, um, even if they can't say it, like their behavior usually will say it for them that they're not happy either. Right. And it's hard to admit as a parent when that's happening, which I I knew it was, but also at the same time I was in denial because I'm drowning myself. Like you said, Mm -hmm. anxiety or depression all these things. And it's like, I can't keep myself afloat. So I'm not, I just got to (laughs) ignore. Yeah. You definitely do your best. I mean, as an outside looking in, um, I mean, I'm sure there's parts of your journey there in that past marriage that you, uh, anybody, you know, any bad parts we try to tune out or not acknowledge or like in denial, but I can say from the outside looking in, like you've always been a really good parent, even when you're struggling, like you really did your best. You always made sure your kids were taken care of or they had a, just had a place. I mean, yeah. I, I, made it. I, I don't mind me sharing. Like, I remember you calling me in, uh, in a panic a few times and, um, coming to the house and like, cops being called but like your number one priority was where are your kids and where can we take them you know and uh, I think that speaks volumes that even when you're hurting and being attacked um in all directions that you still chose your kids even if when you're in survival like you were doing what any um nurturing mom like the their survival panic mode kicks in and you're just like yeah. how do you get this, you know? And so I've seen that. And I know a lot of other moms probably have been there. Uh, yeah. And even to the moms, which I, I'm not saying and dads, moms and dads. Okay. Yes. Say, yes. Whoever you're dealing with. Um, I think the number one thing is, is we're going to make mistakes and we're not perfect. And if you choose to stay with whoever it is that you are staying with, just know kids are resilient. And at some point in time, when you finally do make that decision to leave, your kids can be held and it, they can, you know, their behavior and um, the way that they handle themselves can change and it can change for the better. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're thriving, they will thrive as well. Yes. And I think one thing like that doesn't really get talked about about either um is that like parents can gaslight you too maybe yeah. not the bombing perspective I mean they can especially like let's say um I personally like uh have a parent that hasn't been completely there my whole life um and I don't know if it's considered love bombing necessarily but like when they're not there for so long when they come back in the picture feeling like they have to overcompensate for not being there in, oh, that I, you know, they, it's almost like a pity party, if you will. Um, and it almost makes you feel guilty, even though you didn't do anything as a child, like as, as a child in that perspective, like I have been on that end of it too. And I know several other people whose parents have 
made them feel terrible or if they did something they'll shift the blame to their child and um just not taking an accountability and um so I don't think that like gets talked about hardly ever either no Um, when you have parents like that I'm assuming it's more along the line you know when you're gaslighting your kids you don't want to hear what your kids have to say because you don't want to admit like you said you don't want to take the blame that you could be wrong in something that was happening um that sucks that you know your your the other parent in your life is coming back and it's still kind of like you're still trying to figure out is this toxic is this you know and it sucks that you as the child feel like it's your fault when it's not said. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't your choice. You didn't make those decisions. That's. And I'll say definitely as growing older, like I've been able to be like, okay, like that had nothing to do with me because as a child and um, there's another child in my life currently that um, has a similar feeling, but like that feeling like it's your fault. They don't want to be there. Um, just feeling low. Like why wouldn't that parent, parental figure want to do everything and anything for you when the other one does right and um that's a struggle for a lot of we'll just say separated parents maybe or even just like if you've had a parent that's kind of gone MIA your whole life and then shows up while you're an adult but the understanding that like they weren't in the position to be that parent. Like they didn't know how to be, you know, everybody's still figuring out the things. It doesn't excuse their behavior or how they treated you or their lack of being there, but they also were dealing with things and like things we will never understand. But as a kid trying to understand, it's not your fault. Um, It's definitely hard too, but um, I think in, from my perspective, like gaslighting and, love bombing and like obviously we're going to go into narcissism and some other things later on but like um a lot of that is more than just intimate relationships like we've talked about yes because there's a i mean i know some parents that are narcissistic to their kids to every aspect of life you know work bosses co-workers that are narcissistic as well Uh, so many toxic environment work environments Yes. And that's not okay. <laughs> definitely not okay. Um, I definitely want people to, um, with this, you know, I want people to feel heard and, and maybe in some ways, like our little snippets will connect with people, but to be able to get to a point where like you can set boundaries and understand like you're not to blame. Um, but like we've talked about, like, we also all have a, a part in everything. So like taking your own self accountability, like I do feel like a lot of people lack accountability, uh, for themselves. So yep. it may not be your fault that they're treating you that way, but you're putting up with it. And I've been that person. So I'm not shaming that at all. Cause I've definitely been in a place where I let people take advantage of me, but letting people know like you don't have to like the only person looking after you is you at the end of the day and if you're not happy or um just feeling I don't know I guess unwanted like there is nothing keeping you and it's hard with children as you know like children do make it harder 
but I've also seen so many situations where the kids thrive when they're not in a toxic family. I think um, one, one spot that I'd like to face at some point would be people who are being physically abused, which I mean, generally abuse turns into physical abuse, but sometimes the person's mm-hmm. automatically into physical abuse and they're threatened and they're scared. Your situations are sometimes entirely different. And I think where um, I think me and you would like to eventually create this, if we could, into giving those types of people something to contact us and we could help them. We definitely want to be able to help with a way, a way out, if you will. Um, they always say make a plan. And I think Harley and I both would like to be the people that could help you make a plan to get out or um, even at some point have a place for people to go. Yeah. Because I know that um, that is something entirely different, the physical abuse. And I mean, that's something serious, very dangerous. Um, Like you said, we all have accountability and, you know, my situation wasn't that bad. I, I had the opportunity to get away and it was totally safe. I mean, did I get hell for it? Yeah, but <laughs> there were definitely it. times I was worried about your safety. <laughs> I agree. But I mean, I'm sure there's situations where it's even worse. I mean, there's always somebody in a worse situation, but don't discredit like your own. Right. And I think as I don't know if I would I'm not going to call us survivors I feel like that sounds kind of tacky um but people that have kind of overcame those situations like we kind of downplay the hurt and the trauma because we're like it wasn't that bad I mean you only pushed me down the stairs it's fine I mean it was just one time you know like we do we downplay the hurt and I've been there too like yeah I mean we can get into depth later but like I have been pushed down the stairs and threatened and choked and um yeah but even to this day like being like oh well you know it was just that was just just one time you know yeah and I'm not in it anymore it's fine I've noticed people with trauma um we tend to joke about dark things because it's kind of how we cope yeah so we'll be like well you know and then it's like when you say it out loud, people look at you and are like, that's not okay. <laughs> and you're like, like, no, you're right. That's not. And it's not. And it's acknowledging um, that. Yeah. I think it's good that, you know, I hope that some people find use with our channel to be able to share their stories and be heard because I hate it when people, like we talked about last episode, I tell you, oh, who cares? Why do you need to be heard? You're out of it. Like it's done. It's over yeah. with. It, it's not though, because you still think about it when you're by yourself, you still deal with the emotions. You know, anytime you have any alone time, you go back and replay everything that's happened and you wonder it's like, in the back of your head. Yes. And then when you, when you're out of it, you're like, why did I tolerate that? You know, why did I put up with that behavior? I am so much better. Internalize it For sure. Yes. And you do, you begin to analyze it and you nitpick it. So, you know, hopefully this talking about gaslighting and love bombing will bring these um, terms to other people and they can do their own research on it as well. And just as a little, Mm -hmm. 
let them do some more research. Cause then when you Google, you know, love bombing and, um, gaslighting, tons of things pop up. And then even as you're reading all the definitions, you'll be like, oh my gosh, like that, that happened to me before. If you ever read something and you're like, Hmm, I felt that because I felt like that happened to me. Yeah. You know, you know, you're looking up the right things and the information that you need to help you recognize what I mean, when you ping when you ping eight out of ten uh symptoms or things, <laughs> yes. you're kind of like hmm yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> yes, yes definitely um and and another thing that we were going to talk about for sure along the way is codependency um yeah I think a lot of people are in that that don't know it and I know personally, Harley had went through it until she kind of seen those signs. And I think you were given a book by a therapist, right? Yeah, I actually have that book and I still read it sometimes. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to share that with everybody eventually. And hopefully everybody will That's get a copy. Good. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because I, it has I have, yes. I have just like a couple pages when I was reading it back in my previous marriage. And I think I literally checked off every single thing thing. <laughs> on that book and I was like oh my god I'm beyond codependent like what the heck is happening I remember that text you're like guys I think I'm codependent and I was like I don't know what that means <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and you don't you know and, and you, like you shared it all with us and yeah, yeah I think so I it was in some ways we all can be depending even in your healthy relationships, I still feel like you can be codependent. It's so easy to do. And even the bitter people, like there'll be people that are like, I, I have no feelings, F feelings, F blah, blah, blah. Um, personally, that's been a cover up in my past to hide how I truly feel. So yeah. um, I think codependency definitely will be, yeah. be relative. Yeah. So we'll get to some of these other topics. And, um, yeah, if you guys have questions or anything, definitely leave us a comment or you can email us, um, collective hearts podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have a story you want to share, we totally want to get to a point where we're sharing stories and we would love to have a guest, um, at some point here too, maybe share some things on some of these topics that you can relate to. So if you're interested in being a guest, let us know. Yep. Well, thanks for listening to us again. We appreciate it. And we will back again next week. Yep. Have a great week. And thank you, Harley, for your time. Yep. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Thank you. <laughs>